2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: First and 10, Eagle 45. Hertz winds up, long marching spiral near sideline. Broken up. May have been intercepted. Out of bounds. as a pickoff. It was. Love is picked off the ball. Seattle is intercepted. Hertz
3: at the 21, six seconds left. Hertz has been picked off for a second time, and Love
1: has his second interception tonight. That was the incredible voice of Kevin Harlan. Westwood 1's Kevin Harlan. He will join us soon. On What the Football, which is brought to you by Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. GameTime's got killer last-minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime, download the app, create the account, and use the code WTF for $20 off of your first purchase. Restrictions apply. Visit GameTime.co for terms. Again, create that account, redeem the code WTF for $20 off, Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. People, it's Christmas time. Use GameTime.co. And I'm just so thrilled to be able to have Kevin Harlan join us on this week's edition of What the Football. This is his Amy 34th consecutive season calling NFL Games, his 31st for NBA. His schedule is insane, and I'm so happy that this happened ahead of time. This wasn't even a last-minute ask. And then he has this incredible call. Last night, this obviously, we record this on a Tuesday for that 20-17 to victory in Seattle.
2: And what's amazing, Susie, is given all the years he's been doing this, which you just noted, and how many games he does in any given week, how real and sincere his passion is for the games. There's absolutely nothing pretextual. When I listen to him, I get every bit of information I want about a particular play, and his passion is palpable, nothing pretextual about it.
1: And I can't wait to ask him how... He does this week after week, call after call, how he still remains excited after this many years. And it
2: strikes me that the answer is because he loves what he does. Mm -hmm.
1: Has to. Speaking of a guy who loves what he does, let's talk about Pete Carroll, the oldest coach in the NFL. And don't tell that to Pete because he's like Benjamin Button. And I have to tell you that it was thrilling for me to watch the game last night from a totally personal and selfish perspective I got to get to know Pete in New England when he was there for that ill-fated short jaunt in New England. But when he was the head coach of the USC Trojans, I covered the Trojans for those three years that before he left and before things then shifted after the Reggie Bush years and the Carson Palmer's and the Matt Liner years. And watching him just absolutely gallop all over the sidelines last night in victory and then come to do the, pro, the pregame, sorry, postgame conference, with his hat back on, it was thrilling to watch. Let's listen to Pete Carroll after the game.
4: What a beautiful night for you know for a Monday night football game and some beautiful football by by a bunch of guys. Um, well, I loved the way we ran the ball in the third quarter. It changed the game. Drew played a fantastic football game for us and did a beautiful job. The throw and catch. Uh, to, uh, to Jackson, I haven't seen the good looks of it yet, but um, I do know from what everybody's comments are, were, um, that's the guy that's going to make that play. He's going to make that catch. He's just that good. And uh, for him to have that opportunity, for Drew to put the ball on him, for Shane to call it, guys protect all of that. There's so many gorgeous things that happen there football-wise. Julian Love's game was, uh, you know, you, you tag it on to what he did last week and then this week. Um, incredible game. Yeah, incredible plays. The last catch is, is, is exquisite on the sidelines. Toes tapping. Tapping hang on to the football, end the game, win the game, walk off interception all but, um, just fantastic stuff.
1: I mean, the adjectives. He sounds like Paul Hollywood talking about pastry weeks. But what do you think, Amy?
2: Well, I thought your segue from Kevin Harlan to pa- Pete Carroll was terrific in many ways. Each of these men have a passion for what they do And it's palpable. And I love watching Pete on the sideline. Look, I had no interest in which of those teams won. No rooting interest, I should say. It was a terrific game to watch, and there was so much I liked about it. I loved watching Geno Smith's sincere excitement when Drew Locke threw that touchdown. That's a teammate being a teammate. And seeing Pete on the sideline, that is just raw, raw true emotion. And I loved it. And you know,
1: one thing I love about Pete is, um, and this is something that I watched week in and week out when I was covering USC, he's out there running laps with the team before they have practice. He's out there throwing spirals. He's constantly a part of the team. And if you think about it, Bill Belichick a you're younger Pete Carroll you'd never know that right in looking at the two guys and I think it's Pete's infectious laughter and it's the way he his excitement the way he gets into these games the way he keeps himself in such great shape that makes him more relatable for a lot of his players
2: well I've shared this innumerable times but the best advice I ever received in my life was from my mom who said to thine own self, be true. And I believe that's what we see when we see Pete Carroll on the sideline. That's who he is. He's not acting that way. That's not pretextual. That's who he is. And I love watching it. Drew Locke, very emotional
1: after the game last night. I thought that was incredible to watch this 27-year-old have his moment to shine. Lisa Salters, I'll give her a shout-out right there. That was an excellent post-game interview. She let him speak. She saw the emotion. And he had um, a really heartfelt response and was really seen last night. I was really psyched for him. Jalen Hurts, on the other hand, you could tell how under the weather he was. He took his own plane to get to Seattle. I think that says a lot in the post-COVID era where he wants his own plane to keep from having um, something infectious spread to the other guys. But we heard him after the game, and we heard a lot of disappointment in his voice. Let's roll it.
4: I've been talking about execution all year. Um been on the same page. Everyone been on the same page, and we didn't execute. Um, I don't think we were, we're all were uh, committed enough. You know, you know, just just got to turn it around. You know, um, you know, it's a challenge that we have to embrace. And just continue to see it through. What do you mean by that about being committed enough? Commitment. I don't know nothing that. I had a dictionary on me. Now, um, excuse me. I don't know um, how else to say that. We gotta pick ourselves out of this. You know, um, I ain't really too too fond of the. Um, you know, you practice the same math, but you're getting the same results, and um, we 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 have to um, we have to make a like a like internal change and how we attack things, um, how we come to work every day. Um, You know, it starts with the little things, how committed we are to doing what we're doing. And it all starts with me, the quarterback.
2: He mentioned internal change. And while I don't believe this is what he was referencing, the fact is they did just make an internal change. They changed defensive coordinators. And yes, there were areas of the game where they looked better, but on that final drive by the Seahawks, you know, they made an internal change, and the change didn't prevent Seattle from scoring. Now, by the way, I thought that was an absurd play call from Philadelphia at the end of the game. And I don't know whether it was called or it was an audible or he went with what he saw, but they needed to tie that game, and that was a high risk play. And the risk did not pay off.
1: Yeah, I wonder how different it was Matt Patricia obviously taking over and making those calls. And I wonder how difficult it was for the guys in one week to hear a new voice in their helmets.
2: I don't know that the new voice would have hurt. Um, I'd be interested in what was different substantively, because clearly on that final drive, they didn't get the job done defensively uh, I'm not sorry, not on their final drive. They didn't get the job done defensively a few times. Is that Matt Patricia? Is that the players? Was it bad defensive signal calling? Was it simply bad execution? I don't know the answer to that, but it resonated with me when he said we need to make an internal change. Well, you just did.
1: The Eagles, of course, trapping to the 10-4, their third straight loss, and uh, they're in a virtual tie with the Cowboys now uh, for the NFC East. They've got the easiest remaining closing schedule in the NFL. I wonder how that will work out for them. Two games, um, so they've got Giants, Cardinals. We'll see what happens for them as they close out and see how this affects the playoff run. But now Seattle uh, is amongst the scrum at 7-7, and so this plays right into your conversation we have all the time about parity.
2: Right, and by the way, excellent use of scrum. Thank you. I like that. That's a good word. Um, It sure does. And look, we know there have been teams that have been eliminated from playoff contentions. It's week 15. We're heading into week 16. Of course, there've been teams that have been eliminated, but not a lot. And there is a backlog of teams all vying for those wild card spots, and that's exactly what the league wants, and that's exactly the way the league is designed. Let's go back to Jalen
1: Hurts for a moment because he just looked absolutely awful. I mean, he just looked sick. And, you know, you have to wonder, it's very easy to go back and and say if only he'd been healthy, but he talked about commitments. He talked about players that are not playing, um, that are not committed. So what's the message he's sending there, Amy? It's well, and pretty you're clear, ra- it seems, but
2: yeah. I'm curious about your take. Well, and you may, you raise an interesting point about how much of what we saw was related to the fact that he has been ill, that he was playing under the weather. He just really gave it his all on the field. So how much of it was him speaking from a, a just a physical exhaustion and how much of it was we just got to change this. We are not doing things right. How much of it was emotional versus physical? And it was probably both. But he's been making comments of this nature for quite a while now. As you just noted, Susie, they've lost three in a row and he feels that more needs to be changed. And I did like that he added, it starts with me. You
1: had some interesting comments about the implications from a business perspective. When it came time to teams and not making the playoffs. When you are
2: eliminated, you walk back in that office the next day and it is just dismal. Everyone's head is hanging. It's really miserable. And by the way, as a team, you don't want to hire anyone. You don't want to employ anyone who's not going to be miserable if you've been eliminated. So I'm not suggesting it's wrong to be miserable. You should be miserable. But the fact is... All of the business ops people still have jobs to do, and their jobs just got harder. Fans are going to be angry. Your customer service lines are going to be going nuts. Sponsorship department is going to be having to talk to the sponsors about what do we do to keep people engaged over the remaining games, given that we've been eliminated. Advertising, social media, media— Every single business department is going to have harder work now. It's the same work. It's harder to effectuate. And by the way, some teams begin season ticket renewals during the preceding season. So they may be either doing right now renewals for the next year or gearing up for the next year. Season tickets, club seats, suites, that all just got a lot harder.
1: I wonder, did you have any times with the Raiders where you guys were trying to sell seats and you were giving away some of those ridiculous giveaways? Because I mean, there were times you you had ups and downs, you had wins
2: and losses. So um, we did, and I'll I'll try to think as we sit here. I'll try to think of some of them. But we, we really did try things. We tried giveaways. I like to do more experiential things for our season ticket holders rather than give them a bag or give them a shirt. Do things where we could have a drawing, and certain number of ticket holders could come down on the seat, the field pregame, or uh, be somewhere where the players exit postgame. I thought experiential things were much more fun than a hat.
1: Yeah, no kidding. But by the way, you don't, nobody wants a toaster or a hat. They want to get out there and run a 50, right? Run a 40?
2: Um, well, speaking of that, are you going to ever do run, Rich, run again where you do the running and you beat him? No. I, I'm so pissed
1: off. I tried to run last year after all these years. I, I never used to run because I didn't want Rich to be faster than me,
2: and it turns out he is. Yeah, we'll figure out a way you can That's cheat. That's a bummer. We're going to figure out how you can cheat.
1: Well, I'll tell you how you cannot cheat. You can't cheat by trying to get the best tickets you can. Right? Because I'm constantly the one trying to buy tickets in the family. And I'm always the one late. So I'm always saying, okay, I've got one kid who wants music, one kid who wants a theater show, and one kid who wants to go to a game. And I'm always looking. So now I have a solution. It's gametime.co. And I talk about this every week, but I really believe in it. And I believe in it because as I say this, I always want to see the seats in advance. I never want to show up and not know where I'm going. I love the fact that they give me a map, I can see where each seat is. And I also love the fact that I can scramble. And create something new like an audible and decide to go to a concert at the last moment because you can buy tickets up to an hour before the start of the event. And that means that to me, for someone who's always late, that means I'm not going to miss most of the show. And I'm going to get tickets and know that I'm going to get the best tickets and know that I'm going to get the best prices. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time this Christmas. Download the Game Time app. Create the account. Use the code WTF for $20 off of your first purchase. Restrictions apply Visit GameTime.co for terms. Again, create an account. Redeem the code WTF for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets,
3: lowest price guaranteed. unbelievable you will love it JD Power ranks Sleep Number number 1 in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now you could save 50% that's 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for JD Power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com/awards only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com it's that time of year people spring has sprung That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners five dollars for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O tta in the google play or app store and use my code eisen seattle down by four third down and 10
0: 33 seconds left shotgun snap three-man rush lock throws long pass
3: down the far side lane. caught over the shoulder it's grab smith and Jinga. touchdown touchdown seattle touchdown the seahawks have taken the lead
1: 28 seconds to go. Oh, Kevin, you've got your own groupies here. I mean, your own groupies, <laughs> one and two. Amy and I are absolutely in love with every call that you've ever made. And we are so thrilled that you took time to be on the podcast with us today. Thank you.
0: Oh, thanks. Thanks for the invitation. I haven't heard that until uh, this first time since uh, we did it last night. I'm in San Francisco now getting ready for an NBA game, and it worked all morning long. Got up at the crack of dawn and left with Kurt Warner. In our crew to go to the airport. And that's the first time I've heard it since last night. And um, in our in our replay section of the of the broadcast. So uh, it was an exciting game. And being on with your husband and, and Kurt every Monday is such an honor, number one, and so much fun, number two. And now I get the the best part of Rich, which is you
1: and Amy. Well, so this is perfect. <laughs> that's what they all say. What's it like when you hear it back? So I'm thrilled that's that you hadn't heard it yet. Yeah. What's it like when you hear I- yourself? Um,
0: uncomfortable uh, I would say I because I think every time I listen to anything or watch anything I've done I don't know if you guys are the same way I I've got a thousand things I would have done differently Now, on that call I don't know it was late in the game and there was a lot going on and I probably would have tweaked a couple things if I could if I had if it were written in front of me and I could, I could say, uh, you know, a couple more, add a few more things. But I think for the most part, it, it probably captured. The one thing is is when it happens live like that is you both know, you just got to kind of trust your instincts and go with that. Um, and I guess if I had to do it 10 times, I would have probably done it like that nine of the 10 times. But there's always a part of me that wishes <clears throat> that I could go back and, and maybe just, you know, finagle a word here, add a word there, pause, less, more, whatever. And, but it was an exciting finish for sure.
2: Well, there's nothing wrong in my view with always wanting to fix something, change something, to use a great word you just used, finagle something, because if we are our strongest Uh, critics, and we are the ones demanding the most of ourselves, that ends up well. And Susie asked you the precise question I was going to ask you, which is, as a listener who loves listening to you, I think you deliver information perfectly. Everything I want to know, you deliver, and you deliver it with a passion that I love. And my question for you was going to be, did you like the way you delivered it? And I loved your answer. Here's to uh, being our strongest critics.
0: Right. And, and I think that if you don't watch your own work and you don't have a lot of self-reflection, not only in broadcasting, but I'm certain that writers go back and look and read and maybe revisit something they've done, you know, in the past and say, I, I wish I would have whatever. And um, um, I, I think that that's probably a, a good thing for life, too, as a parent, now a grandparent. And we're all kind of in that world of of at this stage, I'm 63. So I always go back and, you know, wonder if, if I had to do it over again, if I had to do something, what would I do to be better the next time that event or that whatever came around again? And um, I always think that's kind of a good a good habit to have. Just it is. just self critique. Um, I read a book um by Andrew Carnegie, years and years. Somebody gave it to me. And in that book, um, were How to Make Friends and Influence People, I think that was the name of it. And in that book, there was he has many excellent things that really you can use in our lives today, even though it was written back in the 20s or 30s. And I think he said something about, at the end of every day, self-reflection about, you know, did I handle this conversation the right way? Did I treat this person with the kind of care and respect that they deserved? Did I manage this particular problem the best that I could do? And then, out of all these things, what can I take and do better the next time uh, that rolls around and is on my doorstep? And so o- I, yeah,
2: and always demand more of yourself than anyone demands of you, and always expect more of yourself than anyone expects of you.
0: True. Well, you two have been great examples of people that have thrived in various roles in life and whatever those roles might have been. And uh, being uh, the way you both are successful and and on top of your games, I'm, I'm sure you've gone through that, too. And I, I just think it's kind of a healthy thing to do. But at the same time, I think it's always um It's always a little torturous to to, to go back and and revisit things because we all feel we could probably have done something a little bit better. And then there are those times and what it has taught me too I always visit with my wife about this is we should never not enjoy the good things that happen, because I think when we um, when something does not go the way we want, um, we're, we're always so quick to criticize and sink to the low of that moment, but I hope that we always can make it the opposite when something good happens, not feel guilty, not feel um, anything but the joy of that moment. And and sometimes we let the lows take most of us and not enjoy the highs as much as maybe we should.
1: All right, so then let me ask you, what's been your greatest high as an announcer?
0: Probably... Um, because I, I, I still don't know that I've, I've had my best broadcast, but I would say that uh, the ability to maintain a network level for so long and, and be at a level that is in the broadcasting business viewed as the goal, the network, um, uh, national broadcasts, um, I, I think most young broadcasters men or women it doesn't matter that 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 watch the three of us that that listen to the three of us I would say that there are there are men and women that say i would love to be at that level someday and when you get to the level it, I don't know if it's harder to get to the level or it's harder to maintain the level and then to maintain it for a long time and, as an add-on to continue to evolve to get better, as Madden always said so beautifully, and Amy, you know this better than anybody. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And so I live by that pretty much every day. And I, tonight I've got the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors, and I hope I'm better tonight than I was last week doing the Lakers and the Dallas Mavericks for, for TNT. I just I hope that you're always hope that I'm always looking to continue to improve. And and that's that's kind of the challenge and the beauty of the business and life is to always be your best self and make whatever you have better the next day and the next time around.
1: This is like choosing kids, but what do you prefer to call the NBA or the NFL?
0: I love, uh, well, the NFL, and this is not a slight anything else that I do, I would say the because the NFL is so massively popular um the jobs to do nfl games to broadcast nfl games are um demanding and exclusive and difficult and hard to keep and so an accomplishment of being a network nfl announcer is i I, that brings great joy and satisfaction but the challenge is greater um, I've done the NBA for so long, as long as the NFL and consider that challenging and incredibly fruitful. Um, so it, 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 it's, it's, as you said, it, it's like trying to pick your favorite child. We've got four and I couldn't pick my favorite. So it's, it's hard, but I, I think most people would say from the outside, looking in that being an NFL network announcer is a pretty significant achievement in the business. And so, I'm comfortable with that and, and, uh and, and like that challenge and, and probably would agree to, to a, a certain level that it is. I enjoy both, but, but the NFL is, my dad was in the NFL. I was a ball boy in the NFL from the time I was 10 with green Bay. So I, I've kind of grown up with that world and, and just personally in, in my heart, probably that would be the, Last thing I'd hate to give up or hate to
2: leave. Kevin, I'm glad you mentioned your dad. I was going to do that at some point during our conversation. I had the tremendous, tremendous pleasure of sharing those league owners meetings, those one per club and two per club meetings with your dad for a long, long, long time. And he was always tremendously, tremendously supportive and encouraging. And all those years where I was the only woman in the room, he went out of his way to to lend me his support and his encouragement. So I'm glad you referenced him.
0: Well, I'm glad you said that. Uh, I told my dad I was on with both of you. I was gonna be on with both of you today. And uh, and he remembered you well and, and how you um, brought a side of Al Davis to the world that people maybe not have understood. You explained oh, wow. him and, and you explained the organization. And he always appreciated that. Al was always nice to my dad. Al Davis is a, is a Mount Rushmore type figure in professional football. So um, uh, my dad being from an, an organization that is a small market, as we all know, um, to be at those meetings with some big name people, the Maras, the Rooneys, the Al Davises of the world, and then to have your connection with Al, that was, a, that was important for my dad. And, and um, so he, he smiled when I, I could hear it in his voice when I told him I was going to be on with both of you. And um, so he and Susie, he loves Rich. Uh, So when I when I told him it was the two of you, he was uh, I could tell he was pleased. I'm glad he was. I
2: will quickly add that just as I always get goosebumps listening to you call games when you just shared what your dad said, I got goosebumps again. So please thank him for me.
0: I will. I will. I will. He'll appreciate you remembering him. You know, he's been retired since oh seven. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm not at that stage of retirement, but I'm sure there's a part of everybody that is in the limelight, especially in a league as big as the NFL or on television. And then you're you're suddenly, because of retirement and age and just the way the world works, you now move into a different role of away from the limelight. And so I think whenever anybody mentions, uh, say hi to your dad or, or, or remembers him. In his professional life, I think it brings great satisfaction to him, as it does to everybody who is at that stage of life.
3: Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O, O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road.
1: So what were your thoughts, by the way? I'll ask you about the, the Eagles as it's the third time that you saw them last night. Obviously, you saw a really banged up Jalen Hurts taking his own plane to get there as so as not to infect his teammates. But what were your thoughts on seeing how this team has changed over the course of one season?
0: Um, I think any team that exits the, the world that they were in a year ago, um, so incredibly powerful all the way to the Super Bowl high expectations and in that Philly market, which is very demanding. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I think there's probably, as we're seeing with the Chiefs, although they've been a little bit more resilient being the three of the last four Super Bowls and winning two of them, um, you leave that Super Bowl and and you're exhausted. Um, I, 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 I've seen it with so many teams. That's what makes with the Chiefs and the Cowboys and the Patriots and these kind of these dynastic franchises we've had over the last 30, 40 years, Pittsburgh certainly, uh, to, to do what they've done and done it for so long is, is such an accomplishment. The wear and tear that you, you take physically, emotionally, the toll is so great that to rebound the way the Chiefs have done and been as good as they've been for so long here, in these four or five years, is just amazing. And, and Philadelphia got a taste of it maybe somewhat surprisingly that hurts jumped up and has flourished as much as he has, but then they've changed, right. They've changed from the days of Doug Peterson out of Nick Sirianni. So they've had a nice little, you know, moment in time here in the NFL, but it, it, it wears on you after a while. And they've had the target on their back, like the chiefs have had. And, and they've, they've lived with it. Well, I, I do think that all these teams, Hit troughs. San Francisco, we had a three-game losing streak. Now they've rebounded, and they're as good as ever. I think Philadelphia is going to be the same way. I don't think Hertz is 100% healthy. We know he was ill last night, but physically he just does not look right to me for whatever reason. I'm I'm not sure. I don't know if it's ankle, shoulder. Maybe it's everything with all these guys, but it, it seems like they're a little worn right now. Uh, they'll bounce back. They'll they'll be the team we think they are when it matters most in January. I, I have all the confidence in the world. The Eagles will not disappoint.
2: Kevin, you were not surprisingly very, very diplomatic in your description of the Philadelphia market, having been a visiting team in Philadelphia. I'll just leave it at that. You were diplomatic. But the point you make about coming off a Super Bowl, particularly for the Eagles having lost the Super Bowl, resonated with me. After we lost the Super Bowl, Andrea Kramer asked me how we were going to deal with the Super Bowl hangover for the the losing team. And I scoffed at her and said, oh, there's no such thing. They just... there is such a thing, and when you come off losing a Super Bowl, it is rough to get your feet back under you. So, you know, there's two ways to look at Philadelphia, which is they lost the last three, but they did really well to start the season. I think they ran out to ten and one.
0: They did, and and I I think that is really what they are, and not maybe what we've seen over the last handful of weeks. Um, they have. Uh, Difficult schedule, but I mean, everybody's schedules hard. So, he, he, and they wouldn't use that as an excuse. And they've had some guys banged up on the offensive line. They lost the right guard against Jurgens. They didn't have him last night. And, um, and, and I, I just don't think they're uh, 100% completely healthy. Listen, um, they knew going in, <clears throat> in the last, <clears throat> excuse me, from I, I've had this my third game in a row. <laughs> I, I got to make sure I'm good in a couple hours. Um, They knew going in that they had clinched a playoff spot last night. Whether it was a letdown, Mm -hmm. traveling across the country, not knowing who was going to be the quarterback, it could have been a hundred different things. I do think that they are going to be very strong when it matters the most. Now it's to see, can they be the number one team in in the NFC? It's going to be tough the way San Francisco's playing. San Francisco smells blood too. They went in there last year in the NFC Championship game, lost their quarterback, and they were a shell of what they are and what they were last year. I, I think they're on a revenge tour. The Niners are. I think they got the quarterback right where they want him. They got healthy left tackle Williams, healthy uh, the, the 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 Swiss Army knife and Devo Samuel. They're 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 ready to go. They smell blood. Uh, they're going to be a tough team to beat. But Philadelphia will give them a good shot. I, I just think that maybe a couple things are working against the Eagles last night. Uh, going down to Dallas is a tough place to play, and they found that out. Dallas at home is is has been unbeatable. And uh, 15, what, straight wins and mm-hmm. plus 171 uh, plus minus differential point differential. I mean, they've just been incredibly good. They've been as good at home as they've been bad on the road and bad against good teams on the road. So, um, but San Francisco, uh, they they clearly are the team to beat right now, I think.
1: All right, so you'll be in the booth with Kurt for that Super Bowl. So it kind of sounds like you're expecting to see the Niners. Who else are you expecting to see?
0: Uh, Baltimore right now in, in what is kind of a very even AFC. Now, somebody could jump up here in the next couple of weeks and it would not surprise me. I don't know if it's the Chiefs, But Baltimore just seems to have all the the things rolling for them right now. They played on the road against a pretty good Jacksonville team Sunday, did not blink. Um, uh, They've got San Francisco coming up, which could be really interesting. If they would meet in the Super Bowl, and that would be a game that both coaches would have to have on their radar, how would you play this regular season game? The thing is, is that both teams want to get that number one seed and the bye. That comes with it in their respective conferences, so this is going to be an interesting game for both of those teams when they meet in the regular season. But um, uh, Buffalo seems to have awakened a little bit here. They certainly had a, a momentary pause and 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 had to catch their breath, but now they've come out and they've played well here the last couple of weeks. I'm I'm wondering if maybe they have have rediscovered what it is they're all about. Cincinnati with the backup quarterback, I'm not sure. Chiefs, like I said, just don't, since they've lost Tyreek Hill, even though they won a Super Bowl without him, um, they have not clearly been the offense they were with him. And then that brings us to Miami where Hill now plays in the AFC, and they have not beaten a team over And And that has got to be worrisome for them because somewhere along the line they're going to have to go on the road and they're going to have to be a team that, that's good playoff good. And that is uncharted territory for them in terms of winning. And that's the biggest question mark about Miami. Baltimore and San Francisco right now seem to be without uh the other hardball, they'll have one hardball, mm-hmm. but it'll be a rematch of the Super Bowl in, in New Orleans a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah, Rich just can't quit Josh Allen. I mean, he that that's yeah. the one guy that he'll never turn his back on. Um, I get it. Before we let you go, because I would feel very guilty if you couldn't talk tonight— if you had to look back at your career, and by the way, I mean, I would, can you imagine suddenly they're like, well, Kevin Harlan's a scratch because he's lost his voice from doing a podcast earlier in the yeah. day. We get in a lot We'd of trouble from so Man, much trouble. although we are yeah. available to, to fly up there. Um, My lips
0: are sealed. I, would, I'm not, I, wouldn't,
1: I wouldn't say a word. It's like the old Barbara Walters, you know, just between yeah. you and me. Um, <laughs> yes. If you had to look back with all the calls that you've done, what is the one call that you'd want to be remembered for?
0: Um, I don't know that I've had it yet, uh, quite oh, frankly. I'd like—I—I—I'd I, like to think it is still ahead of me. I'd like to think that doing all these—it's like the stone cutter, right? And the stone cutter uh, living in this small village in Russia is—is is going down the road, and this gigantic boulder has now appeared and blocked off—blocked um, off the road. And so he and then everybody in the village gets the hammer and the chisel and they begin to bang at that road, right, at that, at that uh, boulder in the road. And it finally cracks on the 10,000th bang of the hammer on the chisel. But it wasn't that hit, that 9,999th hit that broke it. It was the, the 9,998 hits before it. And I'd like to think that all these games that I've been so fortunate to do will lead me to that moment when there is that great moment on the field or on the floor that I'm able to um, capture it. And I, think, I think waiting for that moment or hoping it comes or being ready for when it comes is, will, will be maybe my most memorable. I've done so many games, to, quite frankly, they kind of blend together. Some have, have stuck because social media has made him stick. Um, but I guess in my heart, I'd like to think that, that like there's this call coming up that all those hits of my hammer on that chisel on that stone will be the one that finally breaks the stone in half. And that will be the one that all the plays that I've done in all these games led to that call that made that stone split. I had, never,
2: I had never before heard that stone-in-the-road story. That is magnificent, and I love the analogy. Look, I'm going to ask you one last question that you do not need to answer now. You can give this all the thought you'd like. We can talk about it Super Bowl week. Susie right. asked you, do you like NBA or NFL calls better? I'm going to ask you, put aside the NBA, put aside basketball entirely, put aside the NFL, if you were given the opportunity to call any Olympic sport, summer or winter, or you can pick one of each, what Olympic sport would you like to deliver the broadcast? You don't have to answer now. You can think about oh, it. that can be the next all time all right. that he comes on right. with the football. Right. Hmm.
0: All right. All right. I, I would love to do it more of a uh, descriptive, more than anything else. But, you know, the great thing about TV, if a picture's worth a thousand words, you don't have to say that much. That means that Maybe it was a radio broadcast. That's what I enjoy about radio: is that you got to, it, it, it like it like hits every reporting sense, every thing that you have to have to be in the business to begin with.
2: Yes, and it's you, my you, hypothetical. So, in my hypothetical, you're doing it on the radio.
0: All right. Well, you've got to have the right uh, pacing and cadence because a great moment told poorly is screwed up. But sometimes an ordinary moment told well um, is, is more impactful. So it may not even have to be something just gigantic, but the Olympics has that enormity and that massive feel to it. But, but in in radio, you've got, you've got to use the right words. You've got to have the right inflection. You've got to have a lot of air in your lungs to deliver the call the way it needs to be delivered. And that challenge to get all those things wrapped into one call is like the purest part of broadcasting. Sometimes on TV, you see a great catch. You don't have to say anything. You can, you know, let the crowd serve as the orchestra and let that carry it. But on radio, um, it's everything because if the theater of the mind is the most powerful, if if your imagination is the most powerful, uh, you know, emotion you have or one of the most powerful things that you possess, just think what you could do with your words and your inflection and the cadence of a call of a play or a moment at the Olympics or the Super Bowl. So I, that, that's why like moments like last night in Seattle with the rain coming down and the team trying to stay alive in the playoffs and the enormity of that play and the kid who's off the bench and kind of kind of been forgotten quite frankly by a lot of the NFL comes in and for one moment his pass is perfect, knifing through the rain to this young rookie receiver who's covered in the end zone and throws over his back shoulder as the end zone is closing in, and the sideline is closing in, and he makes this catch. You know, those those are the moments that you really savor. And hopefully you find the right words and the cadence and the feel for the moment that you present it the right way for people that are listening. And that's what makes radio so great. TV, we see it. That's one thing. But when you've, you know, like some of those reports from World War II and Edward R. Morrow's, standing on rooftops in London describing the bombing of London during World War II. You know, sometimes you don't need to see it. His words and the sounds of the bombs and, you know, he tells you what he smells and what he looks on the streets and sees. Those are the things that that's what got me to love radio as much as I do. And so, I'll think about that Olympic moment. I'll figure out. I'll figure out
2: something. And you just and and you just gave me goosebumps again, listening to you describe that all all of that.
1: Yeah, yeah because honestly, you just made that description exciting to listen to. Right. And I'm not embarrassed to tell you that you know Rich talks about it all the time when he's prepping for games. Just how impactful it is listening to you call games and how much he's learned as he preps for his games by the way you orate. And it's really inspiring. I think all the time, you know, Leslie Visser, when I was her intern at CBS said to me, turn off the volume. And if you can talk about what's happening, then you actually know what you're talking about, which I thought was probably the best advice I ever got. And that's how we feel listening to you. Everything that you talk about is exciting. And, but it, but what's great, if I can embarrass you is, It's not like you make everything have the same level of decibels. It's how you modulate Mm -hmm. it. But it's just so much harder to describe a game that you can't look at. It's It's that whole expression of painting a picture for somebody. And you do it with such ease and it's just such a pleasure to listen to. So I'll I'll leave you with the last question that I think my brother would be curious about. I always kind of think about perspective. How often do people come up to you in the airport and say, I knew that that was you or are you Kevin Harlan or I heard your voice. And I'm just curious about that. And then of course the follow-up is like, can you record my voicemail? But how often (laughs) does that happen to you?
0: Um, Unless I talk, I, I kind of blend in and I, I, um, uh, uh, it happens more, right, at, at like restaurants. If I if I if I would order something, and you know, I never think about it like that. I just think I'm just talking normally, and um, the waiter may say, oh, "I I thought that was you," but I I don't love it. I don't get recognized, or not as much as your husband, Susie. Not not as much as Rich. He's on television all the time, or certainly Kurt Warner went with every every Monday who's, who hardly can take a step without someone saying, hi, Kurt. Hey, you know, loved love you. You know, like a, he's, he's a hall of fame quarterback. He's, he's seen on TV every Sunday with your husband. So the people that are, and with CBS we're on for such a short time and, and with TNT tonight, we'll be on for 30 seconds and then we're not on the rest of the game. So it really is more voice. So only when I talk like at a restaurant, if I, if I, whatever, then, they, then they might. But it's, I'm pretty, I'll tell you who doesn't like to hear my voice or my kids. They, they, they my girls,
2: <laughs> that's they just the daughters way the world and works. Son.
0: And they, they, they say, and, 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 or my wife, when I go home, uh, we've been married for 36 years. My wife, she'll say, uh, you know, I'll get home and I'll start talking, talking, and she'll, she stops, you know, it's so interesting. All you do is talk for three straight days and you come home and you're still talking. Like <laughs> you, it's, it, it, it you're, you're talking and talking and talking. Which is she's it's a it's a joke between us. Um but but um uh but I I, I, I sometimes and like I said, in restaurants people will hear it and they'll say something. But that's you, about
1: it. That's you about are it. such a prize. It is such a privilege to have you on. Absolutely. And again, we are your greatest groupies. So thanks we again are. for taking <laughs> you. Thank you for taking that. I know, but it's true. I mean it, it's it's Honestly, we get to interview people every week. We've been in television for a combined long time. and Let's not add that up. Let's not. And <laughs> But I have to say, Kevin, it's, it's, there are very few people that you get excited to have on. I never got to work with you when I was doing TNT. So it's just a pleasure to be able to do this with you now. And I want to thank you again for your time. So hi to Steve Kerr. And um, just please come back on another time.
0: I will. And thank you for having me on. Um, my daughter's in the business. I told her as well I was going to be visiting with you. Uh, both. And, um, uh, you know, as a father of three girls, it's it's great to be on with such accomplished women that are wonderful to, to talk to as friends and have so much respect for for what they've done in the world of sports, uh, whether with the team or in broadcasting. So I'm honored that you'd have me privileged.
2: Thank and, you so and much. And we are honored and privileged that you joined us. And please uh, give your daughter our best wishes for every success as she pursues her goals. Thank you.
0: I will. You're very kind. Happy holidays.
2: Happy to holidays you well. to you.
1: What an inordinate pleasure to have Kevin Harlan on. Can you imagine that you're in a restaurant and
2: he's like, Should I have the Boulevard's or should I have the steak? It's <laughs> gonna be the steak tonight. <laughs> and and don't you wanna ask him, maybe next time, because we'll try to lure him back. Sure. We could come up with things we want him to read in Kevin Harlan voice. Just like Everyday things we use in life, we could have him do a read.
1: Oh, I agree. It's probably a good idea to start compiling them now. Like we, um, you know, the one thing that we do here at the Rich Eisen Show Productions area is that if guests are in the studio, we snag them. So today we snagged Andrew Whitworth for an upcoming edition because he was coming out of a, an appearance with rich so he'll be coming up in the next couple of weeks as we put together our list as we head towards the super bowl because obviously kevin makes everything sound as exciting as possible so i want to let you know we're gonna have great guests that's my best invitation you of did kevin. that very
2: well actually you did that well
1: awful by the way you had some
2: parting thoughts on uh some uniforms that made you unhappy this week amy I did. And you know me, Susie, I'm not a hot take artist and I don't get all riled up about a lot of things. Well, maybe I do, but I don't do them on air. Um, I was very, very bothered that the Tennessee Titans chose to wear throwback uniforms from when they were the Houston Oilers. For those who may not know, maybe you're younger and you weren't around at the time or you simply don't know. The Houston Oilers were moved by the team owner, Bud Adams, and his family from Houston to Tennessee. They eventually became the Titans. Well, they played the Houston Texans last week, and they chose to wear the throwback uniforms to when they were Houston Oilers. I thought that was the wrong thing to do, and I I am very passionate about that. I thought it was a very, very insensitive thing to do to fans in Houston. You moved the team out of Houston. So why are you wearing your throwback uniforms when you're playing Houston? One of two things. Either nobody thought that through very well, They just didn't give it the right thought and they didn't consider that. That's bad. Or even worse, they did and it was kind of a little bit of a screw you, whether intended or not. I'm not suggesting they intended to do that, but I thought that was the effect. So either they didn't think it through or they thought it through and made a bad decision.
1: It's so funny. I had the absolute opposite thought. I actually thought it was kind of like a, a neat wink and a nod maybe I just looked at it from a different perspective. I was at ESPN when they did the move over. And I remember having to scramble for something for Sunday sports center. And um, I had um, a country singer, write a country sing uh, a country song about uh, a Houston team move into Tennessee. And I mean, I, I, I was just trying to think of like a creative approach to it. And so when I watched it, I had the absolute opposite thought. I thought it was like, Oh, how cool they're acknowledging their past
2: and bringing it all full circle. So who knew? you You know what I love about this? We had absolutely opposite reactions to it. 180 degrees apart. You thought it was a nice tribute. I thought it was insensitive at best, perhaps even worse. And you know what we're doing, Susie? We are disagreeing agreeably. We are exchanging differing thoughts in a reasoned and reasonable manner. We are engaging in civil discourse and disagreeing agreeably. Take a lesson. That's a good thing for everyone in the world to learn.
1: I mean, there's no better way to wrap up this edition of What the
2: Football than that. Well said. Happy holidays to you, Amy. Enjoy the break. To you as well. And but to- it's not really a break because you're going to get a treat next week. That's true. That's
1: We are off, but we will have a best-of show next week and excited to send that off to you. Again, our thanks to Kevin Harlan. We so appreciate his time. And we want to wish all of you a very, very happy holiday season wherever you are. And thank you for giving us the greatest gift, which is your time. We appreciate it more than you can imagine. So have a great holiday season and see you soon. Beautifully said.
4: Thank you.